No checklist completed is going to save you. No bucket list is going to save you. No amount of blood, sweat, and tears that you've poured out in your life is going to save you. No amount of cash or worldly possessions is going to save you. You can't take it with you. You'll be dead. Buddha can't save you. Gandhi can't enlighten you. The Pope can't absolve your sins. The saints can't pray you into eternal life. Muhammad can't fix you. Allah isn't able. No president, no legislation, no Supreme Court justice, no state or nation or leader or celebrity, no one can save you because there is salvation in no one else. That's right, everybody. There is salvation in nobody but Jesus Christ, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So today I want to talk um, about uh, children and baptism and the Lord's Supper. So we've uh, recently in our church body, this isn't something that has uh, come up uh, that I'm just talking about off the cuff or that I just felt like talking about this. Um, but there have actually been recent conversations that I've had, uh, with, uh, specific families in our church. And, um, and I think it's a, it's a worthy thing to spend a few minutes talking about, uh, because there, there's a lot of confusion among, uh, um, uh, young families who maybe haven't been at this stage yet. And they're getting, uh, children who are now like they might be seeing, uh, their parents uh, joining in the Lord's Supper. Um, they might be uh, seeing, they might uh, see a, a baptism at church and those kinds of things, or, or hear about it, hear it talked about, or uh, several things, right? They're, they're coming to a knowledge, if they're growing up in a Christian home, if, if we indeed are training them up in the way that they should go, if we indeed are passing along the faith um, that was once for all delivered to the saints, to our children, then inevitably, uh, at around the age that they begin to think <laughs> and pick up on things and notice things, that there's going to come a time in which they're going to uh, begin to ask specific questions about uh, these subjects. And so I want to just talk about it just really briefly to help. Uh, the, so the whole goal of this particular podcast is going to be to help or at least lend a hand to parents who are asking the question, when is it okay for my child um, to be baptized? Uh, when is it okay for my child to partake in the Lord's Supper? Um, so what I want to... Okay, so here's the, the first, first and foremost. This is important. Okay, so I have a, a lot of friends and come uh, out of uh, circles that um, that baptize infants. Okay, this is this uh, particular podcast is very obviously going to come from the perspective that I hold, which is the the Baptist perspective, which is the um, uh, 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 regenerate baptism or believers' baptism. It's called, which is uh, you make a profession of faith. Um, and then you are baptized. Uh, so we we are Hillside Baptist Church here. Particularly, we don't baptize infants, um, and uh, and so uh, that is the perspective that I'm coming from. I'm not going to talk about covenantal baptism. I'm not going to talk about infant baptism by any stretch 
Um, I'm not going to talk about baptismal regeneration, which is the belief that uh, that uh, whether infant or adult, which is the uh, the belief that baptism is actually part of the mechanism of salvation, that baptism is a salvific work. Rather, our understanding and belief is that once a person comes to Christ um, and is a new creation, is born again, then uh, once they're made a disciple of, once they're uh, uh, a new creation, then they are to be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so uh, with that, um, uh, with those uh, uh, prerequisites, right, to get out of the way a little bit, um, I just want to talk about specifically two parents uh, uh, about this question because it is a real thing, right? We we have uh, uh, we're we're pretty reformed theologically. Um, we subscribe uh, mostly to the 1689 Confession. At least our our elders would would. I think subscribe to that. And um, so that's kind of where we are when it comes to uh, theology. We have some folks who come from all sorts of different backgrounds at our church. That Dickinson is a very transient town uh, with the oil field being here. It's really a lot like a military town in that way. There are people who will come for a while and then who will uh, get, um, who will get, uh, um, um, calls to go somewhere else. We have the typical like parents who will be here for a long time and then move to be closer to grandchildren. There's a lot of stuff like that that happens, right? And so um, we have uh, we have a, a very transient nature to our town. We have a lot of young families in our church um, and uh, coming from all different kinds of backgrounds. We have people who who have traditionally come from more of a charismatic background at our church. We have people who uh, come traditionally from uh, uh, even Presbyterian kind of uh, churches and other things. So uh, all ends of the spectrum. We have people who have um, come out of Roman Catholicism uh, and entered into uh, communion with Christ that way. And, and we have... Uh, so... A uh, large uh, swath of different kinds of people with different kinds of backgrounds. So, with that being said, um, one of the questions is about this. One of the questions is inevitably, hey, you know, like I don't want to give my child false assurance. I don't. I don't want to um, uh, do this thing prematurely. Like, what? What do I do? What does that look like? And that's a valid question. It's a difficult thing for a parent who's never uh, th- thought about that or entered into it, uh, really. And and so now we're left with, ah, I, you know, I I, I don't want to hold um, that gift from my child, but at the same time, I don't want to uh, give that gift to my child and 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 assure them of something that hasn't actually happened. Um, so. What does that look like? Um, I've had conversations, first of all, about uh, both uh, children in the Lord's Supper, parents asking that question, and children in baptism uh, with that question being asked. Both questions have to do with when is it okay, when is it the right time, um, and and so uh, what I want to do, just really briefly which is a lie I tell every time I do a podcast. Um, uh, I, I just, I want to walk through some basic things that I think might be helpful 
um, if you're uh, uh, a parent and this is a question you have. The first thing is, there's a reason that I link these two things together, uh, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Um, I'm linking those things together and talking about them in unison because uh, the they're both um, they're both sacraments instituted by Christ Himself. They are the sacraments of the church. Uh, um, they are the uh, the the things that we do to uh, to remember uh, the sacrifice of Christ. To look ahead to the uh, the uh, our hope in Christ. To look ahead at at eternity with Him. Uh, they're things that identify us as Christian. Um, and so, uh, and so the prerequisite for both, um, is that you're a Christian. <laughs> um, and so when, when a parent asks me about the Lord's supper, which, so most parents, let me say it this way. Most parents who are in our church, uh, would concede, wouldn't need help with the, the baptism portion in the sense that they understand, um, um, uh, that uh, b- baptism is a once you're saved thing, once you're regenerate, um, and so uh, they there's a there's that uh, that thing. So what the what the parent is really asking when they think about baptism is how do I know when my child is actually a Christian? <laughs> that's that's the real question. Um, more uh, skewed, I think, in the minds of a lot of people is the Lord's Supper, um, and what what. Uh, when is the right time to do that? Um, because in, it tends to be that in Baptist circles, um, there isn't a whole lot of uh, talk about that in particular or training about that in particular. And and I think that um, there's actually a very short and simple answer to uh, to that question about the Lord's Supper, which is the very reason that I couple these two things together, and that is you. You uh, the the short answer is you allow your child to take the Lord's Supper when they've been baptized, <laughs> when they're at a place that that they uh, uh, can be and should be baptized, um, and that is uh, that's the short answer because the requirement for both is simply that you are a Christian. The Lord's Supper is for Christian people; it is not for unbelievers, and so. Uh, what what we don't want is for our children to believe that simply because they're around, that they're actually already saved and in the body of Christ in a in a uh, sort of in Christ way, right? They they're uh, raised as a part of the body of Christ, raised in uh, Christian homes. Uh, so that they will uh, come to Christ, come to a realization of their sin and and his salvation, and accept him, uh, believe upon him, repent of their sins, and enter this lifelong state of repentance. Um, so uh, that's the short version of uh, the answer, when uh, is it okay for my child to partake in the Lord's Supper? Um, now, Again, other traditions, other understandings of it would be more covenantal in nature, which uh, is uh, you would find among some Lutherans, uh, Presbyterian types, and and others, um, and that is that they would they would baptize an uh, an infant the same way that we would maybe uh, have uh, child dedications, um, and it, it means something similar. 
uh, uh, at least the the meaning. It, it's deeper than that for sure. But um, but the the short version of what what we're talking about from our perspective is that we believe that that the scriptures teach that baptism is for Christians and it's required for Christians, and the Lord's Supper is also something that is required. It, it is it is an important thing given to the church to to be uh, 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 participated in. Uh, correctly uh, by the church and the church alone, the Christians alone. And so this question really does boil down to, for the parent, how do I know, how do I judge, what is it, uh, like, uh, how, how do I know that my child is a Christian? <laughs> because if you're doing things right, your child is probably going to sound like a Christian, uh, from a young age, they're they're gonna be saying Christiany things. They're gonna we have toddlers that pick up things from the sermon, and of course they have no idea what that means, but they'll repeat things. Uh, I've I've had parents who um who come uh to me and and they'll they'll uh recount moments that like their kid was coloring or something completely you know seemingly not paying any attention at all, but just you know, uh, uh, coloring some picture or something during the service. And then later they'll repeat something that was said, uh, in the sermon or, or they remember the songs that are sung, uh, saying. And so, um, there's, uh, uh, if, if children are being raised in the church, uh, raised around the scriptures, raised by parents who take the scriptures seriously, uh, they're going to inevitably uh, begin to recite things, uh, recount things that they've heard and memorized, frankly, because they've heard some of these things so much. They're going to uh, become uh, little people very quickly who uh, mimic a lot of the Christiany things that they see lived out in front of them all the time. So, uh, the question is, uh, really, uh, like, uh, how do how do I know how genuine that is? How do I know uh, when uh, when my child is truly uh, saved? When when they truly are in Christ? Um, and I've got a really good answer for that for all of you parents who are asking this question, and it is an important question. Let me reassure you by saying, you're not going to know. <laughs> uh, and 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 you you can't know for certain in the same way that you can't know for certain uh, uh, that that I am a Christian. Uh, you can't know for certain because so uh, the the uh, scriptures teach very clearly, as I talked about uh, last time, uh, the last podcast about with uh, our assure our our uh, eternal security uh, or. Uh, perseverance of the saints, that idea that once you become a Christian, you're not ever not going to be a Christian. Uh, um, that's that's not a thing. And so um, I talked about that a little bit then. Um, but you, the, the, the church right now is filled with people who are part of the church and who are actually not part of uh, the, the people of God, who are not part of the church. And so uh, Jesus even himself taught, as I brought up in that other podcast, that there are both sheep and goats among us, um, and and we leave that for him to sort out in the end. Um, so in that idea, there's also an understanding that um, that uh, that at the end of the day, it is not up to us to know for certain 
the eternal destiny of, of anyone, uh, to include our children. What, what is our responsibility is to, to use our best discernment, use the scriptures um, to, to judge. And we do this, uh, it's really not a complex thing. We do this uh, for one another as well, and, and the, the adults in the church. We, we, we judge the adults in our church by um, uh, scriptures. Uh, are, are you upholding the scriptures? Do you, uh, I mean, something relevant to this particular conversation, do you um, uh, preach and teach and, and live out the gospel, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, in front of your children, do you lead in family worship? Is that even a thing? Um, do you uh, do you uh, do you uh, uh, teach and talk to your children about um, uh, what it looks like to be a Christian in this particular culture, which is um, increasingly and, and more obviously uh, important in our era? Um, so these these are the responsibilities of a Christian, and and we should. Uh, uh, we should judge one another um, and and look for fruit in one another. And and when we see absence of fruit, um, to to spur one another on and, and encourage and and uh, and attempt to uh, to to talk about it more. And um, so, how do we do that? How do we judge one another? Well, I think it's the same way that we judge ourselves. Um, there, there, we sat through, um, uh, we had a, a Wednesday night small group that just went through, um, uh, a, uh, a series taught by Joel Beakey on, from the, uh, Ligonier, uh, website, um, and Ligonier Ministries. And it was, a, a, a I think a 12 part or 11 part series about assurance of faith, assurance of salvation. And, um, and in that he talks about, he gives a lot of, um, scriptures and a lot of uh, quotes from Puritans. If you know anything about Joel Beakey, he knows more about the Puritans and what they said than they probably even do. Uh, he's just a masterful memory that God has given that guy. Um, <clears throat> but he talks a lot about uh, different scriptures. He gives some very important uh, things for us to to go to. Um, and, and he's right about these, these particular scriptures. There are a few places in the Bible that you can go. Of course, this is true of all over the scriptures. We can see this, but just to, to make, to give you some, some sort of bullet pointed things that you can write down, um, at places you can, I don't know, mark in your Bible, um, to, to, to go as you're investigating, as you're looking into your own life. Uh, to see uh, it, where the holes are at, uh, where the growth needs to happen, where you can look back and see growth and what God has been doing. Um, so these are places you can look uh, at it for your own benefit and your own walk with Christ. These are ways that we look at uh, the lives of other believers um, to to help and encourage one another in our own in our growth. Uh, and and I I would argue that this is also it's no different. Um, to, to look and investigate um, in your own children. Uh, it's the same thing. And so the first one that I want to take you to is uh, the very famous Matthew 5, 3 through 10, the Beatitudes. Um, so this is the first thing that, that I'm going to take you to. Um, and the, the idea here, uh, we're also going to go to the, uh, in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit here in a, a few minutes. But 
Um, <clears throat> assurance of salvation is what is at the top of this page. If you if you're watching YouTube, you can see that. If you're uh, a podcast, then this these are some scriptures that uh, again are part of how how we can uh, look at our own lives and and judge ourselves and um, uh, see uh, holes in our Christian walk, ways that we need to grow. And so I think that these are also a good judge of um, uh, looking when you're looking at the lives of your children. Um, uh, now, one, one caveat here is this is about uh, we have to consider maturity as well. Uh, no one knows, uh, uh, well, no one is supposed to know your children better than you. Um, uh, you are the one that is with them. You're the one that observes them. You're the one that sees them fighting and, and, the uh, 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 scraps between siblings and, uh, um, uh, their attitudes toward you and uh, all of those things. You see the worldliness in them. You see the flesh, uh, rear its ugly head in them. And you're also going to be the one who will be able to observe the fruits of Christianity in them, the fruits of having the spirit in them. So, um, I think at first we begin with uh, Matthew 5, beginning in verse 3, the Beatitudes. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the idea of being poor in spirit is understanding how poor you are before God, understanding that when you come before God, you bring absolutely nothing to the table, that uh, you have nothing to offer God. You have no works that are good enough to to be able to say, um, okay, well, here, here's what I can bring to the table. Um, I know I have Christ for the rest of it. No, no, no. You bring nothing to the table. Uh, you are poor in spirit. You have nothing to offer God. And so that there's this realization, really, of uh, your depravity before God, of, of your sinfulness. Um, and, then, and then there's... Um, uh, blessed are the, those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, this isn't chiefly talking about uh, mourning in in the sense of like a lost loved one or that sort of thing. Um, uh, although God is the God of all comfort, and and uh, when when loved ones die in Christ, there is tremendous hope and and comfort. And when we mourn, there is comfort. So uh, while this statement sort of applies to that, that's not what this is about. Blessed are those who mourn. Uh, they're uh, being poor in spirit. Uh, this idea that that I am sinful, I'm a sinful creature. When your children are born, I say this from the pulpit a lot. When you when your children are born, they're born sinful, and and uh, it you a parent is is laughably kidding themselves if they think otherwise, um, because you don't have to teach a child to sin. You have to teach a child to not sin. Uh, <laughs> that, that in and of itself, I think, is a good enough argument to, to make the point. Uh, you you uh, Sometimes the first things out of a child's mouth aren't uh, mama and, and dada, uh, but, but are uh, no <laughs> or mine, right? Like we, they, we, we enter this world sinful. And, um, and once there's a realization of that, and we know blessed are the poor in spirit, once we realize our sinfulness before God, uh, uh, the Christian, the one who has the spirit of God in them understands and, and mourns because of that. There's a true a hatred and mourning and sadness that accompanies my sin. Um, 
And so there's that. Uh, blessed are the lowly, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, um, uh, for they shall be satisfied. Um, uh, the the lowly or meek uh, is one that you're you're probably not going to see this in the life of your child. This is one that that I think uh, so often is uh, uh, this is something that I, at least in in my experience this takes uh, uh, years of maturing in Christ before you begin to really see a lot of um, uh, meekness in. Uh, in a person. And uh, so meekness uh, is what some translations say. The LSB is what I have here, Legacy Standard Bible. It says lowly. The point behind this is the idea of controlled strength. So just because I'm I'm really strong um, doesn't mean that I use it. It's a controlled strength, right? So um, the, the, the uh, uh, Navy SEAL doesn't just go around his own neighborhood shooting up the place. It's a controlled strength. Uh, they they do it in specific instances when there are specific missions that uh, require their specific skills. Period. Right, um, and so meekness is is like that. That's something that has to develop over time. I think um, uh, uh, certainly it's something that you can look for and observe. Um, but uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, for they shall be satisfied. Is there a true hunger and thirst? Uh, to live according to the scriptures? Is there a, a, a true longing in your child to, to know Jesus more, uh, to, to read their Bible, um, uh, uh, to, uh, to pray to God, to, uh, for, for, to see righteousness in others? Uh, um, and so is there a true uh, hunger, hungering in them and thirstiness in them for righteousness? Um, Blessed are the merciful. Is this this is a trait that doesn't even really need explaining? Um, do do they show mercy uh, uh, toward others? Um, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, uh, what is purity like? And, and purity isn't just sexual purity; it's just in general. It's a general uh, statement. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. <laughs> this is one again that is that takes a lot of maturing. Uh, to really see uh, someone who is who is good at this, uh, who who has been blessed uh, with sanctification, um, and then blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, you see, uh, you certainly see um, uh, in in maybe a school setting or those kinds of things where they might be around friends, and in our day and age, chances are. Some child that they meet is going to be thinking uh, some very unbiblical garbage, and uh, whenever they um, uh, aren't uh, thinking about that, um, uh, they uh, they might be ridiculed. They might be made fun of, which is is I mean, at times uh, I, that's that's kind of some real persecution for a child to to be made fun of, to be told they're not accepted, they're not in, they're not. Uh, wanted. Uh, those are some very scarring kind of things for a child. So uh, I, I'm not going in lots of depth here uh, today with this stuff, but I just wanted to kind of make make some points and give you some things to think about as a parent. These are some things that your child might be displaying. If, if the Spirit of God is in them and there's a true realization of their being poor in spirit, they're having nothing to offer God, bringing nothing to the table, it's all Him. Um, 
if when they do sin there there's there are moments of true truly mourning their sin there's a a moment a year or so ago where um my uh, i think probably was 10 or 11 at the time uh, my son uh did something that was sinful disrespectful whatever it might have been um and he meant it and he was mad and um and i got on to him and uh set him right and then he went into his room crying and i gave him a minute to sit in it <laughs> and then i went in there and talked to him a little more um and the thing that he uttered um while his face was half buried in his bed uh, as he had been crying he said i hate being a sinner um and that still almost makes me tear up a little bit because that's that is that is what it means to witness your your children uh, mourning uh, their sin and and I think that that is uh, uh, that not everyone is going to have that particular experience. That's just one instance um, that that I noticed in in my son a true like uh, that's that's actually why I'm frustrated right right now in this moment because I I sin and I hate it. Um, uh, moving on. So first, uh, second Peter, uh, excuse me, second Peter one, five through 10. Um, so here's just another spot that you can go in the scriptures. If you have a pen or paper or, uh, notes app or whatever you do, this is a good one to write down. Second Peter one, five through 10. It says this now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply, uh, moral excellence, in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and are increasing, they render you either useless or unfruitful um, uh, in the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, for in whom these things are not present, that one is blind, being nearsighted, having forgotten the purification from his former sins. Uh, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and choosing sure. Uh, for in doing these things, you will never stumble. Um, so that verse 10 there is actually uh, a fairly famous verse to make your calling and an election sure, make your calling and choosing sure. Um but that the first bit of this, he's he just gives a list. It's not uh, um, like so many lists in the New Testament. It's not meant to be comprehensive. It's not every fruit that someone could bear. But it is a list of some stuff that you can notice in your child. Um, uh, uh, diligence in your faith, moral excellence. So uh, is is there a, this kind of goes hand in hand with the hungering and thirsting for righteousness, with showing mercy. Um, uh, in the Beatitudes, uh, knowledge. Is there an increase, uh, increasing knowledge or thirst for increasing knowledge of the Bible, of Christ, of salvation, of biblical things? Um, is, is there a display of, of self-control growing in your child in, in any instances? Is that something that you, that you see evidenced? Um, uh, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, uh, uh, and love. So these are, I think, an, an important thing in this uh, bit uh, is this word increasing. Um, uh, for if these things are yours and are increasing, they render you neither youth, useless or unfruitful in the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the idea here 
that we need to keep in mind, no matter the the place in the scriptures we're going to talk about this particular thing is, this is something that is not expected to be perfect in your child. If you if you notice your child not being merciful, that doesn't mean they're not Christians, uh, because uh, you're not always merciful, right? You're not always displaying being poor in spirit. You're not always mourning for your sin. Um, and so this is this is something that that these these are all things that increase over time. Uh, the these are all things that that um, uh, uh, sanctification, our uh, being made into the likeness of Christ, is a slow but sure thing. It's a progressive thing in our life that we see happening. So this is just another little list that you can see um, uh, and and utilize some in your your children. Here's. Um, I, down here at the bottom, uh, I have First uh, John, which is um, which is an obvious uh, book to go to. It's it's the um, it's the the go to uh, book of the Bible if you want to just uh, uh, be convicted. First of all, if you want to if you want to uh, make your calling and election sure. Um, this is a good book to go to and, and read through. There are uh, different marks of grace, marks that you are his, uh, that are found in First John. <clears throat> um, but we're going to spend the last uh, few minutes of this podcast talking about uh, Galatians 5, uh, and not only the fruits of the Spirit, but we're going to go from verses 19 through 23, um, which says this, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God." But the fruit of the Spirit, as opposed to the flesh in verse 19, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we a lot of times we memorize the fruit of the Spirit, um, but, but Paul is actually uh, 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 contrasting uh, the fruits of the flesh uh, up against the fruits of the spirit. Um, uh, once again, neither of these lists is meant to be comprehensive. They're just a list of things that uh, are examples uh, to be taken. Um, and this is this is something uh, something to remember here is that uh, this first list, the the deeds of the flesh, um, is meant to to be uh, uh, decreasing. Uh, in the same way that, that the fruits of the Spirit are, uh, are increasing in us, uh, by default, that means that the fruits of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, are uh, we should be seeing those things decrease in frequency. Um, now, some of these are obviously not going to apply to your children. Very few of your six-year-olds are dealing with sexual immorality, right? Or uh, sorcery. Right, probably no uh, children actually doing magic spells and things like that. Um, uh, 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 drunkenness, you know, like that's that's a pretty rare seven-year-old, uh, 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 an alcoholic seven-year-old. 
uh, carousing out at all hours of the night. Uh, <laughs> like, so uh, some of these things, um, what just don't, uh, don't cross over when we think about children. Uh, but certainly some of them do, right? Some of the very things that you pop out of your mother's womb dealing with are, uh, jealousy, right? Outbursts of anger, a selfish ambition, dissensions, idolatry, chiefly you, you're, you're your own idol when you show up into the world. Uh, so some of these things we do see in children, very plainly in children. And so when you see outbursts of anger decreasing, um, and, and when you see uh, uh, bouts of jealousy decreasing, when you see selfishness decreasing, um, uh, when you see dissensions, divisions that, uh, that, that causing divisions decreasing in any, uh, way, um, those, those kinds of things. Okay. So you get the point Galatians five nineteen and tw- 19 through 21, um, is a list of the, the deeds of the flesh. And these are things that we should be seeing, uh, decrease in us as evidence of the spirit in us. Um, and then you have the, the positive side of that, right? Uh, uh, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, these are all things I don't, I'm not going to get into all of these and explain them because the point isn't to, to dissect what each of these things mean, but just to point you to these particular texts as you're thinking about ways that you can, uh, um, as you're thinking about ways that you can uh, be, um, uh, uh, you can wisely judge regarding uh, your children <clears throat> using discernment uh, in the scriptures to see uh, Christ in them. Um, now, <clears throat> I want to say this um, this being, uh, since we're talking about children, Okay, uh, what what you're probably not going to see in your child is any of these things being lived out in a complete sort of way. You're not going to see in your children any of these things perfectly, um, even less perfectly than uh, than you. Um, Sometimes we expect more of children uh, than we do of adults, even. Um, and when when children, um, this is why it's difficult because you might have a child who is growing, uh, and and not um, not having as many outbursts of anger, not causing as many fights at home. Um, you might have a child who uh, is uh, who who does actually mourn for their sin, who uh, is attempting to uh, be more merciful, even though they might not describe it in that in those terms. Uh, you you might have a child who does these things, but then when when we see um, the outbursts of anger that do happen, the jealousy that does unleash itself, the envy that is present, when we see the the lack of mercy that that um, Look, uh, uh, those things are going to exist, man, <laughs> right? And uh, I, have, I have two boys, 
there are outbursts of anger. But I also have uh, no doubts in my mind that they're both Christians because, uh, because in observing them, they don't like those things about themselves. Um, uh, whenever there is an outburst of anger or a, a fight that didn't need to happen between them, or whenever one of them does uh, get really tough when dad's not home and uh, uh, back talks mama, um, th- those kinds of things happen uh, because they're humans. And they're humans who are new, not only at being human, but at being Christians. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of maturity that isn't there. Um, however, I've seen uh, legitimate, uh, I believe, evidence in both of my children that led me to believe that they are indeed Christian young men, that there is evidence of the Spirit being in them. And, uh, and so these, these are just a few uh, places to get you thinking about it, to get you um, uh, maybe a few places to start in your kind of journey and thinking about, uh, is my child ready for that or not? Are they actually Christian or not? And, and that is the, the, remember the short answer for, uh, are they ready for baptism or are they ready for the Lord's Supper is, are they a Christian? Um, because th- that's the that's the prerequisite. That's it. Um, and so again, the the few places are Matthew five three through ten. So the Beatitudes, beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Second uh, Peter one five through ten is one place. Uh, Galatians five nineteen through twenty three, and the whole book of First John. Those are great places to get you started in that journey, to get you started thinking about those things. Um, I hope this has been helpful to you, and uh, and I hope that as one of our elders always prays for everyone, uh, I hope and pray that your children grow up to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of their heart for all of their days. See you next time.